You're listening to a podcast from 702. Online, smartphone, DSTV channel 856 and on 92.7 and 106 FM. This is 702. A lot of SMSs and a lot of messages uh, about the story of this so-called prophet, prophet of doom then, as people call him now. Tolani Shongwe says the people in today's churches, they care less about the Bible. What they want is to be told success, healing. That's why they allow doom on their faces. Um, so says it's desperation with no jobs, no hope. Such prophets take advantage of false promising, issuing uh, things like these. So, oh yeah, coming back to the issue, I was, to the point I was raising earlier on, that it's about hopelessness. And if somebody uh, promises you a way out of your desperate situation, you take whatever they give. So, pretty much is what Smusiso is saying here. Seventeen after five. Alani Guala. On 702. A statement from the Department of Higher Education and Training earlier on uh, announcing a blueprint to, fi- to fund South Africa's poor and missing middle students. So the DG for the Department of Higher Education and Training, Gwebengunda Konde, and the chairperson of the National Students' Financial Aid Scheme, Sizwe Masana, uh, who is also the head of the ministerial task team that is investigating a comprehensive funding model for poor and missing middle students, today presented the MTT's recommended model to the Presidential Commission on Higher Education and Training. Let's talk now to Mr. Sizwe Ngwasan, chairperson then of the ministerial task team. Mr. Ngwasan, nice talking to you. Nice talking to you too. Thank you very much. Um, it sounds like there is some progress made then in relation to this uh, very complicated and very important issue of how to fund poor students and those who are uh, referred to as missing middle. These are the ones, of course, who are too... Um, poor to, uh, to, to what is too poor to afford loans, but also maybe not so poor to qualify for NESFAS. Is that, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, so what the task team has looked at in terms of its mandate was whether it was feasible to offer you know, free education to the poor students and uh, progressively um, you know, see how we can fund the so-called missing middle students through grants and a combination of grants and uh, loans where it is appropriate to, to, to do so. So that was the model that we uh, presented to the Presidential Commission today. But it goes beyond just funding. It also focuses on a number of things. For instance, you know, how we uh, can increase the success rates and the graduation rates and employability of students uh, when they finish, uh, how we can focus more on the production of skills in the country that we need, uh, how we can bring uh, partnerships together, you know, between higher education institutions, government and the private sector to be able to uh, fund students and support students. All right. Uh, let's just go back, if we may, for a minute. So you call this Igusasa Student Financial Aid Program. How does it work? What are the key um, differentiating factors of this program? Well, there are a number of them. Uh, The first one is for the very poor students, uh, they will get fully subsidized education or funding uh, at universities as opposed to the current NASWAS model, which only converts 40% in the first and second year to grants, um, you know, for all students that are funded. Uh, The missing middle students would uh, get grants that work on a sliding scale depending on the household income. At the moment, we know that other than the subsidy for the fee increase, which was announced by the minister earlier this year, the so-called missing middle students are not funded at all. So under the proposal, they would be funded. 
thirdly, there would be a focus on the additional support, which includes academic support, uh, life skill support, psychosocial support, and so on, uh, to the students that are funded to assist them uh, in, with the success when they are at universities or TVET colleges, uh, and also linking them with uh, employers whilst they are still in the system so that they can get learnerships, internships, and so on, uh, so improve the employability of students. And uh, there are a few other areas uh, in terms of just uh, the principles that would apply to it that are quite different from how the National Student Financial Aid Scheme works. Sure. And maybe we, may, we can come back to that in a, in, in a moment. I just want to raise one of the issues that I get on the show um, ever so often. People not wanting to pay back the loans. How do you make sure that people will this time pay back? Because the program has got to be sustainable. Yeah, sure. So, you know, the starting point is that uh, for the poor students, they will get uh, fully subsidized education that covers their cost of study. So that's the first thing. Yeah. It's quite a, a difference between how Netflix operates and how we are proposing that the new model would work. And the second thing is that those that are offered loans, and typically those would be uh, based on household income, those that are offered loans, uh, we would work with... Um, SARS, um, you know, when SARS is ready to implement a system where the recoveries uh, of outstanding loans would automatically happen, just like, for instance, you know, today when you work and you earn income, you contribute to skills development levies or UIF, mm-hmm. so that a payment of loans it is uh, proposed would work on the same kind of basis. Uh, so would use the SARS system for correction, collections and recoveries, which would reduce the uh, administration as well as you know the default rates in other words for people who are not repaying their loans so as soon as you have a tax number and you have and you earn income there would be an automatic deduction obviously based on your level of income to make sure that you know people are not overly indebted on the one hand but also that we recognize that uh, students that would have gotten loans have other obligations and so on so there would be a, a mechanism and a formula that that operates in that regard all right, just going back to, to the poor students, they are fully subsidized. But the issue is always then sustainability of that. Where do you get the money from? Well, uh, we have done a number of uh, uh, models, financial as well as actuarial models. We still uh, are going to do a detailed feasibility study as is required by National Treasury regulations. Uh, but essentially, the funding would come from public sector sources, in other words, uh, the government departments that are currently, you know, channeling all the funding through NASFAS, except there are recommendations around how we can make that a, a lot more efficient and reduce duplication. Uh, part of the funding uh, would come from the private sector in the form of grants, in the form of contributions from by CSI programs. There's a significant amount of funding that we recommend uh, would come from the uh, BE from the board-based Black Economic Empowerment contributions by companies towards skills uh, development, which would be channeled towards funding poor and missing middle students. And there's quite a significant amount of money that we believe could come from that source. So it's leveraging um, public sector sources of funding with private sector contributions and funding uh, to significantly increase the amount of funding that would be available. What is the long-term plan, Mr. Masana? Is it that... Um, the the new program ISFAP will over a period take over from NASFAS completely. Well, NASFAS will continue to exist, and it will be a a, a conduit for all of the public sector funding. Uh, there's a first structure which would be created alongside NASFAS, 
uh, to collect and gather all of the private sector funding uh, sources uh, because there are, there are various sources that we believe we can tap into to address the issue and the challenges. Uh, so, uh, but there will be a common administration structure using a public-private partnership framework as defined in the National Treasury regulations uh, to do this. So you'd have, um, you know, sort of a PPP arrangement that NASFAS would enter into uh, in terms of the back-office administration uh, of the whole process. And, and again, I believe that there will be a pilot project, or has it started already? But I wanted to come back to an issue that you touched on, which is extremely important here, the success rates. Because uh, over and again, we get reports about how a revolving door universities are. You get a lot of people coming in, but actually dropping by the wayside. How do you ensure that, that this success rate is improved? Well, a couple of things. You know, the, the starting point uh, is obviously to address uh, the basic education system, the quality that offers, what are the choices that the students make, for instance, at the time at grade eight, when they're making choices about the subjects that they're taking. So that's the first thing. So we need better and stronger collaboration between the Department of Education and Training with the Department of Basic Education from grade eight already, where, you know, by the time that the students get to or the learners get to grade 12, they will have much better information and the state of preparedness to get into higher education, including the choices that they make, whether they should go to a community college, a Tibet college, a university, uh, plus the kind of careers that they will be uh, pursuing. That's the first thing. The second thing is when they enter, and assuming that they are enrolled and admitted into other Tibet college or university, um, there's a lot of support. You know, a lot of the students, because of the low state of preparedness, for higher education, especially for uh, poor and missing middle students. Uh, there's a lot of support which they would require, including, uh, for instance, support in terms of just understanding how the higher education environment works, uh, and therefore giving them social skills, additional academic support, which may focus in particular programs which, um, you know, which I have been identified as those that trip up the students and they end up failing, mm. to providing holistic support in terms of the funding. Because at the moment... We know, for instance, uh, just in terms of the national funding, uh, that uh, there are about half of the universities that uh, fees that are more than the cap which is applied to the national funded students, if they get even that cap, because often they don't even get uh, up to that cap, which means those students are underfunded. They end up, for instance, not living in appropriate accommodation. They might not have money for food, for for books or devices and that kind of thing. So we are proposing to offer a comprehensive support, financial support, as well as all of this so-called reparant support mm. uh, to help the students progress. Right, Mr. Nasana, for now, I must thank you very much for coming through. Really, really appreciate your time. It's something that's um, it's important that all of us must get our heads around it. Uh, it's a, a, a program called Igusasa Student Financial Aid Program. It's suggested by the Ministerial Task Team, uh, as you heard. These are some of the details coming through. There will be a pilot project which will be implemented, I believe, at various universities and one TVET college in 2017. And uh, the pilot project will involve around 200 million rand for approximately 2,000 students. So something worth well worth following.